Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Maintain uh, spiritual strength in those fundamental uh, tools that we re rely on. And the name of Jesus is one of the most important things for you in your life to be strong in, for you to be strong in faith about the name so that it doesn't become just talk or head knowledge or mental assent, but that you have a heart filled with faith. Every time you utter the name of Jesus, there's power in your words. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what we want to set as our our objective. When we talk about the name of Jesus, because uh, it is a subject that you may have heard You have heard reference to the name of Jesus all of your Christian life, all the time that you've been in church. Uh, It may become something that just goes, just kind of, just, yeah, but it doesn't really have that same impact. And so as you look at it in the word, it magnifies. Mm -hmm. And so as we look at this delegated authority in the name of Jesus and what that represents to us, What's going to happen is the word of God's going to strengthen your faith and then you'll go to call on the name of Jesus and you'll sense the strength in your words. You'll sense the faith in your heart as you utter the name of Jesus. When, um, when I was a little girl, my, my dad, whenever we would go from Nashville, Tennessee, up to visit our family in in East Tennessee, up around Johnson City, Greenville, uh, my dad would speed. And so he got a CB radio so that he, the, that he wouldn't get a ticket. And so we, we listened to the CB radio. I know y'all got Wi-Fi in the car and all kinds of crazy things going on now that the kids don't even know what the CB radio is. But, but we, we thought that was so interesting. And so we would listen to the CB radio, and they would come on, and they would say, Breaker, Breaker, 1-9. And, and I would be like, Breaker, Breaker, 1-9. You know, like, Breaker, Breaker, that is so cool. Breaker, Breaker, 1-9. And what that meant was this person is breaking onto the channel. They're coming on. It was an introduction of I've got something to say on channel 19. And so they would come on and say, breaker, breaker, one, nine, and, and then somebody would respond back or they would, you know, give their message or whatever. You know, there's a smoky up around mile marker 24. And, and so everybody would slow down. You know, that was the main thing. My dad had, he paid all that money and got that big antenna on there just so he could hear them say where the Smokies were. And so... Uh, but, but, you know, as I have watched in the church, sometimes I think people use the name of Jesus like it's Breaker Breaker one night. Like they're coming on to the God channel, and they say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, Breaker Breaker one nine. right? They're coming on to the channel, and then when they get done, you know, they, they sign off. 
In Jesus' name, amen. And it's like, you know, the, the Dear John letter. It's it Dear John, Dear Susie, Dear whoever, and then sincerely, right? It's how I come on. It's how I introduce myself. It's how I end the conversation or end the letter, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. That's my sincerely Bob, you know, that's, uh, that I'm, that's how I'm signing off. But we... We definitely want to pray and open up our prayers with that introduction of I am coming in the name of Jesus, but I don't want it to lose the power of my faith in what I'm saying. It's definitely correct to say to end that prayer in the name of Jesus, but I don't want it to be just a sign-off, a signing-on or a signing-off. I want there to be the proper respect and honor and faith in that name so that when I use the name, I know how heaven is impacted, how the angels who are working on my behalf are being impacted. I want there to be faith in the name. And so when we allow the scriptures to provide that faith, then when we speak the name of Jesus, we are speaking the name of Jesus in uh, it, with words filled with faith. Amen? And I'll tell you, since I study, every time I do a study on the name of Jesus, I see a difference in the way I pray. I notice the difference in the way I deal with things in prayer. When I'm dealing with things and I open my mouth and say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, immediately I'm aware that I'm asking as his representative. Immediately, I become aware that God has given very, very, very straightforward uh, uh, guidelines about what he will do when we ask in Jesus' name. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father, he will give it to you. Hallelujah. So when I strengthen myself in the operation of his name, I see the results in my interaction with that name in prayer. Let's look at uh, Philippians chapter 2, and let's, let's recognize what the name is referring to. We'll look at verses 9 through 11, Philippians 2, 9. And um, we see that the name of Jesus is not just a, a way to refer to him. It's not just a, a placeholder or a um, way to introduce him. In the previous verses, we're going to start in nine, but in the previous verses, it's referring to Jesus coming as, as a man, becoming obedient to the death of the cross, and then it goes right into what we want to start with, verse nine, wherefore. So wherefore is referring to Jesus came as a man and completely obeyed God in even to the point of dying on the cross because of that obedience, because of him humbling himself, coming as a man, obeying the Father's will in becoming the sacrifice, wherefore God also has highly exalted him. 
So now we have a timeline. Because this, this is where we've been talking about in our previous discussion on delegated authority that God had given man authority. Mankind had authority and so much to the point that when Adam obeyed the voice of Satan, he took the delegated authority that had been given to him and he put it under Satan's control by obeying the voice of the enemy. And the enemy tempted Jesus in the wilderness and said, all of this, all these kingdoms, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms because they've been given to me. God didn't give him those kingdoms. Who, how did he get them? Adam gave them to him. Adam submitted himself by obeying the voice of Satan, the words of Satan, just like we are supposed to hearken to diligently the voice of the Lord our God and obey his instructions, and then we receive his blessing, right? Deuteronomy 28. Well, Satan figured that out. If I can get them to listen to my voice, then they'll be under my authority. And so that's what happened. And, and man fell. That's what the Bible refers to it as a fall because they were in a position and he fell from that position of authority. He was given dominion over all the works of God's hands. We read from Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. We read from Psalms chapter 8 that said he had been given dominion over everything. And, and in Psalm chapter 8, it says, what is man? You know, what is man that you're mindful of him, that you have put him over all the works of your hands. But then when it's quoted in Hebrews chapter 2, it, it says, yeah, it said in one place, what is man that you're mindful of him, that you placed him over all the works of your hands. And there was not anything that God has created that mankind wasn't over, but now we don't see it. Now we don't see, that's what I'm quoting from Hebrews, now we don't see, but we see Jesus. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the death so that he could taste death for every man. We see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. And so the delegated authority that God had given to Adam, Adam fell under the subjection to Satan by obeying his instructions, his, his words. And Jesus came as a man. He was 100% the son of God, yet legally entered into the womb of a woman and legally was birthed onto the planet. And in John chapter 10, he said, the thief comes up another way, but the shepherd has entered in through the legal door. And the legal door onto the earth was to be born on the earth. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we celebrate Jesus was born of a virgin. Amen. Why? Because he legally entered into the human race. He legally entered into the womb of Mary and was born on this planet and has legal right as a man. He stripped himself. It says here in the same chapter, chapter 2, verse 7, he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. He stripped himself of his God-like omniscience. His, his, he was in the beginning with God. 
He was in the beginning, uh, was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, John chapter 1 says. So Jesus had to set aside his omniscience. He had to set aside his omnipresence. He had to set aside his omnipotence. And he came as a man legally. And Hebrews says, it, it behooved him to be made in the same flesh and blood as men were. In other words, he didn't look down on it and, and say, oh, do I have to? Are you sure I have to be a man? Are you, oh, a human? Oh, God, Father, why? No, no, he said, I embrace it. I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to be their brethren. I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be your brother. Hey, that's what he was saying. I'm glad to be your kinsman redeemer. I'm, I'm not, it's not distasteful to me. I want to redeem you. And so he came as a man, legally in a body, and we see him operating authority. The wind and the waves thing wasn't a God trick. <laughs> it was a man in authority. A man who, was, who had the delegated authority that God had given to Adam and would operate it. He was alive unto God, submitted unto God, and the, uh, the authority that God had given to mankind was operating in him without any difficulty. And so the devil didn't understand it. The Bible tells us if Satan had known, if the devils had known it, if the princes had known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. But... Jesus, because they could not figure out why, how he legally got into a man, uh, they, they uh, didn't understand it. And so they'd call him on it. They'd say, like, we adjure you in the, na- in, in, in the name of God that you do not torment us. And he said, shut up and come out. Because, you know, they thought... You're here illegally. How did you get here? We know who you are. Remember the demon confronted Jesus and said, we know who you are. You're the holy one of Israel. What have you done? Have you come here to torment us before the time? In other words, we're calling you on the carpet. We're pointing you out. But they didn't understand how Jesus legally got into the body, the, the, into a human body. But he came legally, and he had the authority of a man. Hallelujah. When we understand that concept, that, that truth, how that was set up, we see clearer our part because, uh, okay, go with me to John chapter 5. Because if you have the religious idea that he did the wind and the waves thing because he was God, then you'll, you'll miss your place in him. You'll miss your place in this delegated authority. If you think, well, Jesus did all those things because he was Jesus, and I used to think that. He did those things because he was the son of God. I used to think that. But then when I see scripture, it says he did not do those things as the son of God. He did those things as the son of man. He came as a man. He needed to be in a body so that he had legal access to redeem us, legal act, he had, so that he had blood to shed, and, and so that he could take our place. But his authority was the authority that God had originally given mankind. And so look at John 5, verse 
Um, 26. Let's start in 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. So he's saying, I'm spiritually alive. Nobody else on the planet was. Think about it. Nobody else on the planet at this moment, this is before the cross, after the cross, the disciples got saved, and then all those people got saved on the day of Pentecost, and the people in the upper room and everything, they were getting saved because the blood was shed to provide the salvation, so everybody before that was not saved. They were not alive unto God in their spirit, but Jesus was. He was the only person on the planet, which is why the devil could call him out, because the devil could see it. Demons can see it. Demons see the light in you. You're the light of the world. Demons see the light in you. Hallelujah. And so that's what they were doing. They were seeing the light in Jesus. They say, whoa, whoa. Hey, we see light. You're the only. They, I mean, think about it. They had been all these years on the planet, and every human being they encountered was spiritually no lights on, spiritually dead, spiritually dark. Not necessarily demon-possessed or anything, but they, nobody was alive unto God. And here, all of a sudden, somebody walks in the building. They're like, whoa, whoa, there's somebody with light in their heart. How did that happen? We hadn't seen that since Adam and Eve. Right? And so Jesus said, I have life. As the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. So I am spiritually alive. And... He has given him authority to execute judgment also. Why? Why does he have authority to execute judgment? Because he's the son of God? Because he's the son of man. Why? Because God had never retracted that Genesis 1.28 mandate. His word, he didn't take it back. That Genesis 1.28 still in operation. If you're, this is what Brother Caps would always say. Charles Caps would say, if you've got a birth certificate, that's your proof you've got authority. If you leave the earth, you don't have authority anymore. But as long as you've got a birth certificate and you're here alive in this body, walking around on this people planet, you're the one who's got authority. Hallelujah. So he said, I have authority. God has given me authority because I am the son of man. Now, because of this authority, Jesus, he, he was already operating in that authority. But now let's go back and look at Philippians 2 again, because I went through all that just to point out wherefore. Because Jesus, it says here, he, he became... Uh, a human, and he humbled himself even unto the death of the cross, and that's why. That's wherefore means that's why. Or because of this, God has highly exalted him. Why? Because he, he became the lamb. He became, he fulfilled the plan of God, and his obedience to the Father's plan because of that, God has highly exalted him and given him a name. So Jesus had authority that Adam had before the cross. We see evidence of it. But now we see he was given a name after his obedience to the cross. He was given a name 
which is above every name. He's always been the Son of God. He's always been the Word made flesh. But the Word of God before He was even made flesh. But this is something that happened after the cross. This is why God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name. So Jesus is now holding a position holding a position that he did not have before he went to the cross. He received it after he went to the cross. He was always the Son of God, always the Word of God, but now he is given a name, a name that holds authority. This name is a a name that represents governance. It represents jurisdiction. It represents who's in charge Hallelujah. And let's see how far reaching. Now, how far reaching was Adam's? How far reaching was Adam's authority? It says he had authority over all the the fowl of the air. He had authority over the beasts of the field. He had authority over everything that creeps upon the earth. Right? He had authority on the earth and in this atmosphere. But look, Jesus has now been given a higher authority. It says that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. That's, that's more than what the, the first Adam had. He has a more far-reaching authority. So at the name of Jesus, he's got authority that's, you could say, universal-wide. He's got authority on the earth, but he also has authority in heaven and he has authority under the earth. And that at every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. So this name is the highest authority in the universe. The highest authority in heaven is the name of Jesus. We know from Corinthians that there will come a day that he will hand the power back to the Father. But at this moment in time, that he is holding that place of highest authority. Hallelujah. So it says that this authority is the highest authority in all of these locations, in all of these regions. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. There's not any other being or power or, or any force that has a higher jurisdiction than the name of Jesus. Okay, Ephesians 1, and let's look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, this is a prayer, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is the desire for every believer that the Holy Spirit has authored this prayer because it's the desire of God that every believer have the spirit of wisdom, that that their spirit, that your spirit would be motivated and guided and... and, um, Uh, directed by the wisdom of God, that your spirit would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, and then he goes through three things, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Number two, that you would know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. And number three, that you would know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. So the wisdom and revelation, as we operate in the wisdom of God, we begin to know who we are. We begin to know what we have. We begin to know what we can do. And then it says, this is the power, speaking of this power he wants you to know about, verse 20, this is the power that he worked, that God worked in Christ, the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and... So this power that works in us who believe that he wants us to know about, this power began working when God raised Jesus from the dead. So we know this is the blood of the covenant power because it says through the blood of the covenant, uh, according to Hebrews, uh, he has raised him by the blood of this covenant, right? So this power of God This power that was established in that blood covenant, this power of God that works in us who believe began working when God raised Jesus from the dead, but it didn't stop working when he rose from the dead. It says he worked it when he raised him and set him. So the power was continuing its operation until Jesus was seated in that position of authority. That power worked to raise... He said, this power is working in you. So he wants us to know about it because it's working in us. This is the power that's working in me. It's seating me. It not only raised me out of spiritual death, it not only brought me out of that place where I was clueless and, and, and calloused in my heart. No, it brought me out of that, brought me into the life of God, but it continues working in me to seat me in my position in him. Notice where it set him at the right hand of the father. That's the seat of authority, the right hand of the king, that right hand to seat him at his right hand. So this power worked to position him In this place, it says, at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So this is where we are seated. Isn't that what Ephesians tells us in this next chapter? It says, he's raised us up. Just hold your place right there and look down at the next chapter, verse 6. It says, he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. So not only does Jesus sit here. But we sit here. This is your seat. This is my seat. And so we don't have to wait until we exit the earth and enter into heaven to get an idea of what our seat looks like. He's given us a scriptural, detailed um, preview. We can look right here at the scripture and we can say, this is what it looks like from where I sit. I need to allow the, holy, uh, allow the light of God's word to, to indicate to me and to illuminate me and to give me a clear understanding of what my chair looks like. Because, the, see, the situation wants you to think that where you're seated in the problem is what it looks like. 
But, you know, for you to really deal with that situation correctly, you're going to have to take your seat. Right here at this the right hand of the Father, you're going to have to take your seat and you're going to have to say, I'm going to deal with this financial situation from this place, not from down here under the circumstance. I'm going to take my place up here at the right hand, my seat of authority, because I'm in Christ. And in him I live and move and have my being. And in Christ I'm seated in a place of authority. And so I want the, the light of God's word to reveal to me what it looks like from where I sit. So from where I sit, from where you sit, you are, verse 21, far above. Far above all principality. That's what it looks like from where you sit. Far, you're, you're far above. There's not any difficulty you're facing that you're under it. It's under you. It's under you. If you'll take your place right here in him, you are far above all principality, all power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. And this power continued working, it says, and has put all things. So it set him. It, let's look what the power did. Let's look at the verbs. The power did what? It raised him. The power did what? It set him. And what else did the power do? Verse 22, put all things under his feet. We are the feet. We're the body. So the feet are in the body, right? Put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Hallelujah. So the power that, that the Holy Spirit wants us to know so, so intimately and so confidently is this power that is seating us in this position that has set us here and holds us here and keeps things under our feet. Amen? So the more we operate in this power... Uh, that is ours, that works towards us who believe, it works by our faith, the more that we operate in this power, the more that we'll operate from our position. And if you're operating from your position, things will work the way they're supposed to work. When things start getting off key, off key and out of kilter and, and, and you're like, that's not supposed to be happening in my life. That is not what scripture says is supposed to be happening in my life right now. Then what do we need to do? There's some trespassing going on. There's some trespassing. There's some, somebody trying to sneak around and steal, kill, and destroy. And so you have to resist him. How do you resist him? By your, take your place and, and begin to resist from your position. You're far above all principality. Now, uh, so we are the church. We are each members of the body of Christ. And we are under his headship. And his authority is our authority. When um, Ephesians 3, verse 15, it says, uh, in verse 14, it says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth 
is named. You are named with his name. You are named with his name. So God gave him a name and you're named with it. God gave him a name and you have it too. So Jesus isn't the only one who has the ability to exercise the power that comes with that name because he didn't keep it to himself. He didn't say, hey, hey, no, no, that's my name. And you can't have it. Now, when I got married to Philip Steele, I got his name. I became instilled. And because I have his name, I have that authority that comes with his name. When you became in Christed, when you became in him, you live and move and have your being. When you were placed into Christ, if any man, if, if any man uh, uh, be in Christ, behold, uh, old things are passed away and all things are created new. If you've been made in him. If any man be in Christ, you are in him. And so when you came into him, you got his name and the authority that comes with his name. How do, how do we exercise this power? The power that works towards us who believe. I've got to believe in the name. I've got to recognize this name is not just any old name. This is not Jesus Martinez. This is, when, when I say Jesus, I'm not talking about Jesus Martinez. Okay, because there a lot of people have taken that name. and But I'm talking about the, the title. I'm talking about the place my Savior holds. I'm talking about the position he has. When I say in the name of Jesus, and there's faith in those words, the enemy doesn't have to say, what Jesus are you talking about? We, they, the faith in my words imprinted the authority on that command. Amen? So... You've been named with the name. You've got to believe that. I have the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is legally mine to use. Now, you can't take the name of Jesus and win the lottery with it. You can't take the name of Jesus and say, you know, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to, going to win this, 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 uh, the casino at, at the casino tonight. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Name of Jesus not going to win you at the tables. You don't have authority at the tables. The name of Jesus not going to be exercised. You can't use the faith in the name to win the lottery. You can't use the faith in the name for things that the faith in the name's not delegated for. You are delegated anything that's the will of God, you got faith in the name to use it for. Amen? So it's got to be the will of God for it to work. So you can't say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to marry somebody else's husband, somebody else's wife. No, name of Jesus is not going to work for that either. So we understand that it's, it's what his name is, is delegated to provide. What is the will of God in that situation? We're representing him. If he wouldn't do it, the faith in the name is not going to work for it. It's only going to work for what he would do. We're representing him in that situation. Um, some years ago, when Kathleen's mother, before she moved to heaven, she was dealing with a lot of physical issues, and so she gave 
her legal representation to Kathleen. She, she willingly went in and said, I need you to take over these bills for me. I need you to take over paying things. Uh, so you've got to have the authority to go into the bank. You've got to have the authority to work with the insurance company. And so she gave Kathleen power of attorney. So Kathleen could do all of her mother's business for her in her name and her mother didn't have to be in the room. Her mother, her mother said, I trust you. I need you to handle this. I, need, I, I can't give my attention to it right now. I need you to, to deal with it. So I'm going to give you the power to do it. And so she gave her legal power of attorney. That's what happens when the name of Jesus is working for you. You're representing him. You're doing his business in that situation. You're calling for his will to come to pass in that situation. And it's as if he was there. When Kathleen would sign the papers, it was just as good as Jean Tillery's name on the paper herself. It was just like Jean Tillery had signed the paper, but it wasn't Jean signing the paper. It was Kathleen signing the paper. When you say in the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus himself is there signing off on that to be done. Like he's giving legal representation, legal authorization for you to do what you just called to do. Hallelujah. So let's look at that in John 14. Jesus was explaining to his disciples that they would do the greater works. And can you imagine the pressure that put on them? Because they had walked with him and they had seen the works that he had done. They had seen them bring people to Jesus. And it says in some places he healed them all. He had seen that they had seen through his ministry the lame walk. They had seen through his ministry blind eyes open. They had seen through his ministry. Uh, people raised from the dead. The widow of Nain's son was raised from the dead. The, the, the Lazarus was raised from the dead. They had seen the fish and the bread multiplied and feed thousands and thousands of people. And, and so here's Jesus saying, the works that you've seen me do, you will do these and greater. And the word greater is more in quantity. More in quantity you will do because I go to my father. And so here in John 14, while he's explaining to them these greater works, he gives us the key to how they're going to do these greater works. Verse 13, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, the word ask means to call for, to require, to demand, to insist, or to claim. To call for, whatever you call for in my name, whatever you demand in my name, whatever you require, whatever you require in my name, whatever you insist on, whatever you claim, remember that storehouse the Lord was, was talking through, Brother Copeland? There's a great storehouse and there's much more stored up there than what the church has ever called for. Hallelujah. He said, what so, 
Whatsoever you shall call for in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And so when we were talking about delegated authority last week, we saw the pattern. He said, he that receives you receives me, and he that receives me receives the one who sent me. So the only reason you've got any power is because I sent you. The only reason, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. And I thought, I, I've got a trick Bible. I, that cannot just be Jesus saying that he can of his own self. Did Jesus say, I can of my own self do nothing? He said, the one who sent me, he's the one who does the works. Did it say in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How was God with him? God sent him. He anointed him. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. It's he that sent me. So that delegated authority, he sent me. And I'm sending you. So you go in my name. I came in my father's name. And I'm sending you in my name. And if they receive you, they receive me. And if they receive me, they receive the one who sent me. So the delegated authority, he said, you require it in my name and I'll do it. And the father will be glorified. Oh, Hallelujah. But, but where does it start? Somebody's got to require it in Jesus' name. Somebody's got to be his representative in that situation and call for it, require it, insist on it, insist on it. Now, again, there's, we've got to have that understanding that this is the will of God. I can't insist that I win the lottery. There's no promise for that. There's that that's a, I can insist that I prosper because I know that's the will of God. I can insist that the blessing work. And because I know that's the will of God. So this insisting, this requiring, we know we're not requiring God to do something he doesn't want to do. That's never going to happen. <laughs> but what we're saying is we're requiring it of the situation. We're calling for it to come here into this situation. We're calling it out of the will of God into manifestation in the situation. And there's a lot of things that, that happen in people's lives that's not the will of God. And they, because they don't understand, because they lack knowledge, they say, well, I guess if God wanted them to pull through, they would have pulled through. I guess if God wanted it to happen, it would have happened. I guess if God wanted it, I guess God didn't want them to, to make it after all. I guess God didn't want it to happen anyway. And a lot of times it's just the fact that the enemy was, was stealing and nobody caught him. Nobody, nobody held their ground against him. Just yielded to it and gave it the, ta the tag, put the tag on it. Well, it must have been God's will. So we've got to know God's will and we've got to stand for God's will. Do you remember Brother Hagen? I told y'all the story about Brother Hagen and his superintendent of his Sunday school who had fallen into the oil rig and uh, they didn't expect him to live and Brother Hagen is walking through the night, in the, in the hallway of the room, he, he said, I, I, I was falling asleep while I was sitting in the room, so I got up to walk 
in the hallway, and he said, I found myself saying some things to God that it surprised me that I said it. He said, I was saying to the Lord, I need him, and if I need him, you need him. I'm not going to let him die. I need him in this church. I need him to help me in this church, and if I need him, you need him, and I'm not going to let him die. And, and he did that like three different times, and he said, it shocked me. Do you know, I thought it was interesting. He said it was years before he told anybody he prayed that way. He, you know, it was back when he was still pastoring. That was the first 12 years of his ministry. He didn't understand what he came to understand about the believer's authority on in, into his, his, you know, Christian growth. He didn't understand it. He said, I didn't tell anybody that I'd prayed that way. He said, and, and I was embarrassed about myself because I'd gotten so brash, so bold-faced with God that if I need him, you need him, and I'm not going to let him die. But that man got up after he was, was recovered. He, he turned around. I mean, it was, they, they thought he was gone. He turned around. He came back, and, and, and a few weeks later, a month later, He's come back to church, his first time back in the church, and he's telling his testimony about how he went to heaven. And he said, I was standing there in heaven, and I had just come in, and I was singing, listening to this choir sing, and Jesus came and told me I had to go back, and I said, I don't want to go back. He said, you've got to go back. He said, I don't want to go back. Jesus said, you've got to go back, and he reached, and he pulled his hand, and he pushed like a curtain and, he, and behind that curtain, he could see Brother Hagen. He said, Brother Hagen won't let you come. Now, again, Brother Hagen said, I didn't tell anybody I'd prayed that way. And he was just, a, when he heard that man's testimony, he's like, I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell my wife, much less that man's wife. I didn't tell anybody. And he said, it was still like 10 years before he ever even started to talk about it or preach about it or teach from that. So he had to come into more light. He had got over into a place where he was requiring some things and, and, and placing a claim and insisting on some things in the spirit. Jesus said, whatsoever you call for, require, demand, insist, or claim in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. Well, listen. You know, when Peter and John were there in Acts chapter 3, let's just go ahead and over to that because I, I, I want to make that comparison. Peter and John didn't have 1 Corinthians uh, 12 to know the, the working of miracles and the gifts of the Spirit. They, they didn't have a lot of the things that we can understand and identify, well, this happened because that was the working of miracles. They didn't understand that. But, you know, they had this instruction from Jesus that we just, I mean, he was serious with those disciples. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you require it, I will do it. Well, here they are in Acts chapter 3. And they, 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 that's what they have, faith in the name. It says, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate, lame from his mother's womb. 
It's not like he once walked and then he lost the ability to walk and now he's, he's there begging. He never walked. Never. He didn't walk when he, was, when he was nine months. He didn't walk when he was two years old. He didn't walk when he was four years old. He never stood on his feet ever. And so they're putting him there at this gate. Verse 3. This man, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Peter's like, go ahead. I want you to expect something right now. Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. He's expecting to receive an alms. He's expecting to receive a donation. But Peter said, silver and gold have I none, such as I have. Let's, let's, let's go right to that part. Such as I have. Don't got my wallet on me. My wife's carrying the money. Isn't that the truth? Right? Is, is, that, is that how it goes? Wife's got the money in her wallet, right? Uh, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I have something. He's expecting to receive something. He said, I got something. I've got something for you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So Peter is requiring something in the name. Peter is insisting on something in the name. Peter is claiming something in the name. He didn't know about the moving of the Spirit. He didn't know about the working of miracles. He didn't know about the gifts of healings. But he knew, if I require it in the name, this is how to do the greater works. In the name of Jesus, I have that. That name has been given to me. I am a possessor of the authority in this name. I'm carrying the identification that gives me legal access. The, the power of attorney is, is right with me. I've I got power of attorney to deal with this situation. I have the legal authority to require rise up and walk. Never has walked, never has stood on his feet, never has had any any ability. But all of a sudden, because someone required it, someone insisted upon it, someone claimed it out of the kingdom and brought it into manifestation for this man, this man, it says, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up, he stood, he walked, he entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping. I'd say so if he never has had the ability. You're not going to slow me down. I'm going to just jump. I'm going to jump. I'm going to keep on jumping. I've been wanting to jump all my life, and here I am. I'm just going to jump, 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 jump. Right? He is leaping up. He's walking, leaping, and praising. Leap, walking, leaping, praising. What, can picture it. Picture it. Who was that? that? Walking, leaping, praising. I mean, he's just, nothing's going to calm him down right now, right? And the people saw him walking and praising God. Well, it caused quite a stir. 
And they came and they, they came around and they were like, whoa, you guys, it's you guys. You guys are amazing. It's you, Peter. It's you, John. You guys, it's, it's, and what kind of people are you? And they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Peter answering, he, he saw how they were acting and he answered the people. He said, don't look at us, verse 10. Don't look at us. It's not by our own power or our holiness that we've made this man to walk. Look at verse 16. He, he preached Jesus. He introduces Jesus to them. And then in verse 16, it's his name through faith in his name. His name. See, faith in the name. If you're, if, if not you, if somebody is using the name like Breaker Breaker 1-9, cutting into the channel, Father, I come in the name of Jesus just as a way to introduce myself and signing off just to let you know I'm done with the conversation, but there's no power in just my introduction and my sign-off. But if I come rep- knowing that when I say the name of Jesus, I am, I am exercising spiritual authority I am exercising the power of attorney. I am signing the document Jesus would sign if he were here. And and it's going to be treated in the realm of the spirit just like Jesus' own signature. They're going to look at that signature and say, it's granted to you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, you can do that. Yes, we'll make that happen. The angels respond that way. The demons will respond that way. The situation will respond that way. You can command fevers. You can, you've got authority over everything that has a name. If the disease has a name, you've got authority over it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every situation, every circumstance, you are seated far above. You are seated in that place of authority. Deal with everything from your place in Christ. Deal with it from who you are seated at the right hand of the Father representing Jesus in that situation. Puts a whole new idea to what would Jesus do, right? It's like I am, I am his legal representative here. I am his legal representative. If I call for it, if I require it, they're going to grant it to me just as if Jesus himself called for it. Hallelujah. Through faith in his name. That's what made this man strong. The faith which is by him has given this man perfect soundness. Hallelujah. Perfect soundness. That means... Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything is restored, made complete. Hallelujah. Faith in the name. Through faith in the name. His name. Through faith in his name. So chapter 4. They took these people before the religious leaders of the day and they were not pleased at all with this big this big distraction of pulling people away from what they were doing. They, they said in verse 7 of chapter 4, when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, by what power or by what name have you done this? Do you see that? We need to know, I have the name. By what name? They knew They knew you're operating somebody's authority. 
Have you ever dealt with situations and you're trying to deal with it in your own power? You're trying to deal with it and you're like, I'm not getting any, I'm not getting any progress here. I'm not, this isn't changing here. But when, when you'll come in his name, when you'll, when you'll deal with that situation from his name, they knew you're operating some level of authority or power that we're not acquainted with. By what power or by what name have you done this? And they responded, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, you rulers of the people, elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man by what means he is made whole... Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Be it known that it's by the name of Jesus. Be it known that the name of Jesus is what did this miracle today, this, this healing, this restoration, this man's soundness is all because of Jesus' name. And then verse 12, neither is there salvation, rescue, deliverance, liberty in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given, given, given. The name has been given. Who's it been given to? Us. No other name given whereby men must be saved, but it's been given and it's given to us. Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you, when you deal with your situations, deal with them in the name. Rely on the name. Trust in the name. Isn't that what he said in Colossians 3.17? Whatever you do, no matter what it is in word or deed, do everything in the name. Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, Amplified says, no matter what it is, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then in 1 John 3, he said in verse 23, this is his command, his order that you should believe in Trust in, adhere to, and rely on the name. And what did pastor used to say? And the book is closed on that matter. <laughs> right? It's, we're sealed, right? In the name of Jesus, do everything in the name. Close the book. I like that better than drop the mic, so. <laughs> mics are expensive. So, so we have the name. Go in faith in the name and deal with your situation through faith in the name. Amen? Stand with me to your feet. Hallelujah. It was almost an hour of power. It was an hour of power and 15 minutes of building your faith about your finances. So, right? It's all good. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for revealing to us the authority that is delegated to us by the name of Jesus. Lord, that every person who hears this teaching would walk in their place of legal representation, operating the power of attorney that they have been given. Father, that's my prayer, that there would be a strength in the power of attorney as we represent Jesus. 
in the situations we encounter every day. And I thank you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.